Hi there, and welcome to the Law of Living Well podcast, your place to learn how to show up as your best self so that you can succeed at home, in business, and in life. I'm your host, Carolee Fontanelli, and as a business owner, lawyer, author, and mum, I understand the challenges that come with making yourself a priority. In this podcast, I share my self-care strategies for well-being and success. Welcome to the podcast, The Law of Living Well. I'm so excited that you're here again for another week tuning in with me. Now this week, I am really excited because I have had the pleasure of interviewing one of my favorite lawyer friends, um, Midja. She is a leadership guru. She coaches people on leadership. She's written several books about confidence and leadership. And I wanted to talk to her today about leading and living well. Because as leaders, whether we are leading from our homes with our families, or whether we are leading teams in our employed work, or whether we're leading teams in our business, we are leaders and we need to live well. And I really wanted to talk to her about um, what the difference is between a leader that really isn't living well, looking after their health and wellness, and leaders that don't lead so successfully from a place of uh, wellness and looking after their own um, mental health and physical health. So anyway, let's get stuck into it and meet Midja. Um, You are in for a ride. We had a really great interview and I really hope that you enjoy this week's podcast. Don't forget that if you do love this podcast, please go on to iTunes or Spotify and drop me a rating. That would be amazing. And even better yet, it would be awesome if you could leave a comment to let me know how you are enjoying the podcast. Of course, when you leave a rating on iTunes, it really does help me for um, for iTunes to be able to find the podcast so that I can reach out to more people who need to hear this message of of living well. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Midja. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Midja, tell us all about you. Hello, Carolee. Um, So a little about myself. So I am a lawyer uh, on the Gold Coast here. So I practiced law for uh, many years and kind of fell into the learning and development and the coaching and the mentoring space and it just kind of felt like home, felt like the work that I should be doing. And so for me now I run my own leadership practice and within the practice I do a number of things, keynote speaking and conference speaking on leadership. I run corporate programs uh, for law firms but for lots of other industries as well. And I also do one-on-one mentoring with a handful of clients who are are transitioning, going through through change, and for a lot of them, really stepping up into a leadership role and want some help with that. So why I really wanted to get you on the podcast for our listeners is because as leaders, like whether it's being a leader in the home or a leader in your business or a leader of a smaller sort of team, um, it's so important that we take care of ourselves and look after ourselves. And like, do you, how do you see that as being part of your role as a leader? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a huge part of the role. I think firstly because, you know, as a leader, whether, you know, uh, I'm a mum and I've got three children that I'm raising, uh, I've been a leader of big teams and, and corporate law firms, but all eyes are on you all the time. Yeah, absolutely. That's what, that's what leadership is. And as the leader, you set the unwritten ground rules of, of the people that you're leading. So they are looking to you for a number of things. Firstly, I think deeply they're looking for you to set what we believe in. So what do we believe in around here? What are our values? Why are we together? You know, why, why we're together as a family or why we're together in a team and then because of what we believe in, then what do we do around here? So what's our behaviour, what's acceptable? And then what do we say? So what's our language? And as a leader, sometimes I think we can forget that we are absolutely leading by example. Absolutely. And in terms of like wellness and like, you know, what we believe in and all of that kind of thing, whether it's in your home or in your team, all of that is so important, isn't it? Like, and like you said, it's kind of like the unwritten rules. Yes, certainly. So I see um, leaders and they talk to me about what they expect from their team members, what they would like from their team members insofar as, um, you know, they want them to go home at a reasonable time, you know, so that they're fresh the next day. They want them to... Uh, come in and have a really a really positive attitude and outlook and um, they want them, like their physical fitness and wellness to be a priority for them. And then I kind of hold up the mirror to the leader and go, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. You know, you're expecting this from your people and then you're not, you know, they see and you're, you're eating this or you're, you're your physical health isn't great or you're doing long hours, you look like crap, all of that kind of stuff, it's like, wow, hang on a minute. That that message is absolutely not going to get through unless they see it. Yeah, so fully leading by example. And why do you think, like, with so many leaders, they don't do those things? You know, like they, they are so overly stressed and they stay, you know, super late and they don't have like any balance in life and they don't take care of their wellness. Why do you, why do you see that happening? I think firstly we've got, particularly now, we have this busyness in our lives um, that seems to have taken over and I think what we've forgotten is the difference between what's important and what's urgent. Yeah. And so there's this sense of busyness, and I'm, I fall into this category as well. Not this week, we don't. Not this Not week. Not this week, all... sitting in isolation, none of us do. That's right. But I just think we get onto, you know, where the rat on the, on the wheel kind of spinning around and what we need to do as leaders is to, you know, stop, to slow down, to create space and to really challenge ourselves around what we're doing with our time to say, 
is this important or is this just urgent? Um, is this just filling up time and space? And um, and also I think an important part of, of leadership, uh, and I've spoken about this recently and I'm starting to write a lot about it as well, is as leaders to stop being the superhero of our families and our children and our team members and stop yeah. rescuing and start coaching Absolutely. and start empowering them and, and, and effective delegation, uh, effective mentoring and coaching. And so it's not all on us and yeah. we feel that we have to come and save the day and save everything and respond to every email and every text and every question that people ask us. Because that forms a habit then, right? Yes. Yeah, and when you, I, I find like in my own family life and in my business, when you actually empower people to um, do jobs, like whether it's the kids at home cleaning the bench or doing the dishes or whether, you know, it's at work um, allowing other people to step up, it gives them the opportunity to learn, but it also then takes tasks off your plate as well. But at first, like, you have to be prepared as a leader to allow them to fail a little bit or to not quite do it to your perfectionist-type standard, don't you? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, you know, for me, I, I've got three children and there was a bit of a gap between my older two and my youngest. So when my youngest was born, my older two were in year one and year two at school. And you know what it's like when you've got a new baby, you're feeding during the night, whatever. And so, you know, they were tasked then to get their own school bags ready, get their lunches ready at six and seven, and I wasn't going to do any of that anymore because I was just frankly tired. Yeah. Newborn. And you know what, they packed for lunch, maybe not what I would have chosen. Yes, they forgot some stuff at school sometimes. Um, you know, maybe uh, the homework wasn't, perfect and what I would have liked my children to be presenting to school but it's like you know what like they're learning and they're getting in trouble for some stuff that's not done they're turning up to ballet without the right shoes and so forth yes yeah but that's that's absolutely okay because what we're trying to create from our teams from our children is we're trying to move them through the stages there's the three stages of dependency, then to being independent, and then hopefully to interdependency, where they're really contributing and and it's win-win and it's give and take. Um, but if they never move from dependency, if our children or our team members, <laughs> our partners, if they, they never <laughs> move from that dependent state, we never get through, you know, independence, which is, hey, I can do this myself and, you know, I'm cool and, and let me do it. We never get to that beautiful part of a relationship where um, it's absolutely I need you and you need me. Yes. And what we create together. Yeah. And, and yeah, there's a little bit of pain, as you said, um, to move through to get to that kind of team dynamic, if you like. Yes. And so like at first in a team or, or whatever it might be, um, you might there might be a little extra work for you, 
and training people, you know, going backwards and forwards with people to get a job done how you want it to be done and things like that. But then eventually, like, the goal is, is that then your team can support you as a leader so that you can lead and then you can be well and be finishing work at reasonable times and, you know, having a more balanced life because you're you're able to lead and you're not actually doing all the work. Absolutely. And you're also able to go, what next? Because when I talk to leaders and even as a parent, you don't want to be parenting them to that degree by the time they get a certain age. Like you're done with that. Yes. Like you, you want to do what's next in your life. Yeah. As a leader, you want to, you know, the old saying of you want someone to take your job. So you can move on to something else exciting. Yes, exactly. You don't want to be, well, you know, for me and for the people that I coach and the people that I mentor, we want to we want to move and we want to do exciting things and we want to create something different. And in order to do that, um, we need to have the people around us be able to step up into our shoes. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's what I've done in the, my practice this last year. I employed um, a like team leader for the lawyers um, and she's doing an amazing job and she's not me. Um, hmm. She's different, um, but it's, it's great because she brings so much to the table and I'm able to empower her to be able to do more of my old role so that I can step up into a new role of doing things like this podcast or, you know, being in isolation for 14 days. <laughs> <laughs> and that, you know, that for a lot of people, I think, Carolyn, can be, can be frightening and there's a bit of fear yes. around that because, of course, um, we like to be very competent at what we do and we like to feel confident in that space and so it's about, you know, doing a lot of that self-awareness and that self-leadership work so that you can go, you know what, I'm not sure what's next and what next I'm going to have to learn a whole new set of skills and that's going to feel a bit clunky and a bit uncomfortable but I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow. Yeah. And it's, it's being able to... Um, to want to take that leap, that's what it's about. And as you said before, what it does is it allows everyone else around you to do the same thing. Yes, which is exciting for team members to be able to grow. And, you know, in the past, a lot of my team members, you know, they, you know, one of their concerns, especially as lawyers, is if I'm in this smaller team, where do I grow to? Yeah. Um, you know, compared to being at a, a much, much larger firm. And so you've got to be able to pre- be prepared to be allow them growth by yeah. taking on some of your roles and, you know, things like that. So empowering them to do those jobs. Yeah, absolutely. And I've known a lot of lawyers and um, professionals that have thought the same thing, like someone has to die around here before you get a promotion. You know, it's like, well, hang on a minute. I don't think that's the case. And and to think um, creatively about what next as well. You know, so a lot of people, particularly a lot of leaders um, in a professional sense, 
see a, quite a, a structured career path. And I think what's great now is um, people like you, people like me, other people that are are doing different things, right? Like we're branching out from what we've traditionally done or, or what we've what we've studied in or and we're like, okay, I can just take these skills and now I'm gonna do this, or now I'm gonna work in this industry or with these people. And yeah. like come on, like we don't have to be so narrow with our outlook of what's next. Yes. Like that's so true. much is possible um in the leadership space and uh and so really helping people to think creatively and think big around what they can do next. Yeah, exactly. So with um, leaders that you work with or you look upon, what do you think the difference is between a leader who is living well and a leader who really isn't living well in terms of like their, their wellness and, you know, you know, running their lives and businesses and things like that? Yeah, so I think... Uh, I think one of the first things is that uh, for wellness is to have meaning in your life. So the leaders that I see that have that sense of um, that have that that happiness and that and that uh, connection with their work and with their people have a deep sense of meaning to the work that they do and have found work that gives them purpose and lights them up and gives them joy. Uh, I think that they have great daily, weekly, monthly rituals, which I know you talk about a lot. And I think people underestimate that stuff all the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's not rocket science, but it is oh, when, you, when you look at successful people in, in business, uh, successful families, rituals, yeah, your healthy habits. Oh my goodness, yeah. they're just they're just so important. And when you, you know, I know for myself, I know you've probably experienced this when you when you skip some of that stuff because you feel like you're busy, you're just going to be less productive. Yeah, um, and that's going to have a flow on effect to all of your people. So it's those. Um, it's those daily, weekly, monthly kind of practices and rituals, I think, as a leader that makes the difference and connects you with self, connects you with meaningful work and then creates that connection with you and your team. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, family, with your kids, with your parents, team members, fellow leaders in your organisation and and focusing on the important stuff and that, you know, I have been a person and I still kind of am, I'm quite spontaneous. I'm quite kind of, I'm just going to do this today. Well, I think we organized this podcast about two hours ago, right? That's right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I mean, know like, I can I rely love- on you to be spontaneous, which is why I love it. <laughs> so I love that, that side of me. Um, and I love kind of working with people like that. But as I'm, you know, my old age, 45, <laughs> what I'm also really appreciating is the power of consistency. And I think great leaders can kind of balance that. 
can have that consistency and the processes and the rituals in place that then allow you to be spontaneous and to be creative and to be able to... um, Well, and to pivot, you know, like what we're going through right now, right this week with the coronavirus, Mm -hmm. you know, we need to be able to pivot. Yes. And make change quickly. That's right. And so if you can't kind of, you know, uh, think on your feet and kind of go, okay, what might be of value now to my clients? What does my team need now? How can I deliver that in a different way? Um, and even I was speaking to a leader yesterday uh, at, a, at uh, an organisation in Brisbane, one of my clients, and they've just taken their workforce um, and they're working from home now. And she, she probably leads a team of about 50 or 60 people. And she said it was, it's just interesting because what she's coming up with and is just being hit with negativity. Yeah. And people going, well, that won't work. Or I'm not sure about that. And yeah, and she said for her, kind of this, the, the absolute first step is just people opening up their thinking. Yes. And just going, you know what, let's be positive about this. Um, let's see how we can make this work. And at a baseline, having that attitude, and so then we can um, we can work together because you can't, you know, in crisis or when you're when you're in fear and all of that, you can't do your best work. No, you can't think creatively. You can't be innovative from that space. So, and as a leader, of course, right now, as we started with and what we started this podcast saying is people are looking to you. Yes. Now more than ever before. Yeah. And so when it comes to like my belief is, is that, you know, you need to be well to be successful. Um, And yeah. And so, you know, and in a time like right now, this week, as we're, you know, everything's sort of up in the air with, and a thousand events are getting cancelled and, you know, people are concerned about their jobs and their health and school and everything else. You know, it's important that our leaders are in our organisations and our homes, you know, the government, that they're calm and rational. <clears throat> Absolutely. And to be like that, to be that, you need to have, um, good mental wellness and physical wellness. Absolutely, I was at a I was emceeing a conference last year for a big engineering firm, uh, WSP. They're a Canadian firm, but uh, have a big presence in Australia as well. And uh, someone asked the CEO. He did a Q and A on stage, and someone asked him about just his greatest lesson as a CEO. What's one bit of advice that he would give? Um, and he said that your health is the entry ticket to the game. Yeah. So as a CEO, he's a, he's a runner uh, in his 60s, a runner, uh, runs every day. Uh, that's his thing. Um, but he said it's the entry ticket. Absolutely. Because if I'm not on my ball as the CEO of, of Australasia, if I'm not on the ball uh, health-wise, then nothing else matters. If I can't turn up, and give my best and think clearly and have a, a body and a mind that works well, 
then nothing else I do matters. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's really down to the real basic things, isn't it? Like good nutrition, getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, not excessively drinking alcohol, moving your body, all of that type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes, I don't know about you, but for me, when I'm well, I kind of take it for granted. Yes, yeah. And I was speaking with someone a few months ago who was unwell um, and going through a tough time physically in their life, and they said to me, oh, Midge, Like if I had your energy right now, if I had the capacity to be able to jump out of bed and do your thing and to think clearly without being on medication, without being on this, without, and to be able to use my body. And she said, what I wouldn't give. She said, what are you doing, Midge? You could be doing so much more. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. You know, because some days I'm a little bit tired today. (laughs) I don't think I'll write. I don't think I'm in the writing head space. You know, I get into all this kind of jazz. And I don't want to be too hard on myself, of course. But just that mindset of just the gift that you have um, wherever you're at with your health and that at the moment. But use what you have today. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So another question that I'm just interested to hear what you think of this, um, there's a lot of chit-chat uh, about work-life balance. What's your view of work-life balance? Oh, it's a good one, right? So for me, I talk about priorities instead of balance. So And what I mean by that is I feel that certainly I think at a baseline there are certain daily, weekly rituals that we need to continue. But I also think that a layer on top of that is that at any given time in our life we will have certain priorities. Yeah. And you have to know what those priorities are and shift and adjust according to that priority. So, for an example, my first two children were born when I was trying to get partnership at a big law firm. So I had not made partner yet when my first two were born. And tell me, how many at that time, how many female partners were there in that firm? I think there was one. So this would have been, what, 15 years ago for you? Oh, yes. This yeah. was back in like, um, yeah, 2000, 99, 2000. 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah that sort of time. Yeah, so that you, you probably didn't have anyone to be looking to. No. And with my firstborn, Tom, um, he was a month or five weeks preemie um, and there was a big leadership conference, uh, like, like meeting, at Coran Cove here over on Stratty on the Gold Coast. Tom was two weeks old and I said to my husband, we need to pack all this baby stuff up over to Coran Cove. I don't care how small he is. He's jaundiced. He's not, he wasn't even feeding properly. You know, it was all this stuff. I'd had a Caesar. It didn't go so well. 
Oh, whatever wow. I'm like pack it up we're getting on the boat and we're over at Corinth and he's like you're mad and I'm like no I need to be at this leadership you're like meeting. no I'm not mad I'm midger I'm midger <laughs> and we're going over so pack it up people and over we and we look like we, we were just you know like first time parents so we got everything because you think you need everything yeah. for this baby we look ridiculous over the bar the boat going over anyway and so it was just, and I really didn't take any time off work at all. Um, do I regret that? No, like I don't. And people around me might have been in judgment of that, but for me, it was a really clear goal of mine. It was super important. It was connected with my values at the time. I'll go for it. You know what I mean? And and it was the right decision for me to make. Yes, absolutely. And then my son, Jack, who's my youngest, who was born sort of seven, eight years later, I'd made partner. I was already working part-time as a partner. Um, And so I took nine, ten months off with him on mat leave. And that was the right decision and the right priority for me at that time. And I just think sometimes... Firstly, what we can do is we can judge other people with the decisions that they're making about what they're putting first in their life. And I'm like, we just need to stop doing that Um, because, you know, at different times people will have different priorities in their life. Um, And secondly, I think knowing that at any given time in our lives, we just can't be everything to everyone. No. Something. I, I talk about being on stage and I'm like, at some point, something has to be front of stage. Something has to be in the spotlight, on stage. This is this thing in your life and it's taking centre stage. And everything else in your life might be still on stage but just in the chorus line. Yes. And, you know, you just said in your life and for me work-life balance, that term I don't feel like I have work-life balance because it's just my life. It's just my life, you know, working, being at home, running a house, going out sailing, going to the beach, um, you know, this week for two weeks, being at home. It's just my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's... um It's this, you know, meshing together of all of that. And I think... It's almost as if now we have to be, um, we have to be like overly aware, hyper aware of that sense of importance and urgency and where we're spending our time and our wellness. Because it used to be the case where, you know, when we clocked off at work, well, that was it. Yes. And we it's were not done. Now. We can bring it home. That's right. And it was very structured. And, you know, when I started work, no laptop, no yes. internet. Uh, I did have a mobile. It was a brick, though, and <laughs> and I had no computer at work, so I didn't like. Who knows? You know, when I when I left work, it was kind of like that was done. Yes, yeah. Whereas now, mm, freedom, of course, is a blessing and a curse. Yes, and the people that are going to win this game, and by win the game, I mean just come out successful in whatever that means for you, right? 
living a life you want, basically. But the people that are going to win at that are the people that um, are going to have the ability, as you said, to be able to mesh their 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 life together, um, whether that be you know family, friends, work, side hustle, all of those yes. stuff, I th- and be able yeah. to make it work. I think it's so much about, for, in terms of your wellness um, and your work-life balance, um, as we call it, um, I think it's so much about what what is good for you as an individual. You know, like for some people, checking an email at 10 o'clock at night is a really bad idea because mm-hmm. they don't sleep. But then they continue to do that activity and it causes them to then not sleep all night because they're stressing about the email that they received at 10 o'clock. Um, whereas some people are totally fine at receiving an email at 10 o'clock and being able to have a perfectly well and good sleep, which sets them up for a good day the next day. So I guess it just depends on like recognising your own need for whatever boundaries you, you need. Absolutely. And that will be different depending on, as I said, the, the priorities you have at the moment uh, and what's going on uh, for you at the moment as well. You know, if you've got young children, older children, working for yourself, working for an employer, working part-time, whether you've got a partner, whether you haven't, like there's so many different variables. <coughs> but it's making that making that work for you and I think most importantly, it's uh, living by design and not by default. Yes, intention, so living intention. intentionally. And designing that um, because otherwise, what has all this technology been for? Like, has it been for us to just lose our minds and be stressed to the max and uh, for us to lose connection? And like, seriously, like, ab- like it's it's got to work for us. Yes. And you own it and you take accountability for it. Your email, emails, your social media, your whatever it is, own it. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 uh, and as I said, live by absolute design, not fumbling through um, being like a hostage to every ping and ding on your phone. Yeah. And so back to leadership and living well as a leader, do you think that the leaders that are, you know, do it well, live well and really enjoy their lives, you know, don't have a, a huge amount of stress in their lives, um, do you think that they're the ones who are able to find that that balance or able to recognise, you know, well, this is this activity really stresses me out, I shouldn't be doing that at after hours or? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's the people that... Uh but just have that high level of self-awareness. Yeah. Be able to listen in and, and to check in with themselves to kind of go, okay, what, you know, what worked, what didn't, um, how did that make me feel, all of that kind of stuff. That's, you know, self-reflection, self-awareness, self-confidence, such a huge piece, but in order to do that, you've got to give yourself the time and space to do it. Yeah. And if you're on the wheel, as we said, you never get off the wheel. You never get time to actually question, is this working for me or not? How does this feel? Um, because you're too busy doing. 
Yeah, exactly. So my last question is um, if you were going to give any sort of quick advice to the leaders out there, whether it's leaders of a team, a business or in the home, in terms of their wellness, what would that advice look like? I think it would be to, to firstly, as a leader, think of yourself. So absolutely, it's about leading yourself before you can even begin to lead others and that you are always leading by example. Yeah. And... That's the tough gig. People are watching you, aren't they? They're watching you and how you respond. And and that's that's the tough gig. And I I don't mean that, you know, you have to be perfect all the time or that you have to uh, pretend to be someone you're not, but just having that awareness around eyes and ears are on you. Yeah. So be deliberate with your choices and think about your choices. Yeah, and think about your choices that you're not just making them necessarily for you but you're also influencing others. Yeah, absolutely. And I think now more than ever. Yeah, exactly. Now more than ever because we're seeing, you know, we're seeing a little bit bit of sheep, a lot of sheep going on now. You know, someone does something and suddenly now we're all following and we're all – and that will continue to happen unless as leaders we stop and we think independently and we make the right choices for us yeah. now. So it's, uh, I think it's a great opportunity for leaders to really set what they stand for and who they are. You know, when times are, when times are good, it's easy to be a good leader. Yeah. When times are challenging um, and even like what you're doing around your children, what you're saying, what, you know, every, everyone is being influenced by you as the leader. Yeah. Uh, 100%. So carefully. Yeah. So just quickly as well, um, Midja has written quite a few books. She's quite the author. Um, so can you run us through the books that you have written because they are all great and also I'm super excited for you to talk to us quickly about your new book because I love it. I love the title. Yes. So the first book I wrote was Unshakable Confidence uh, and that was a book around how to be your most authentic and courageous self and uh, for me, Confidence really underpins a lot of my work, even in the leadership space, real confidence that comes from knowing who you are. And so to me, when you have that confidence, it's all about self-awareness. It's all around looking after yourself. Once you've got that, you can then forget about yourself and lead others. Yes. If you are so caught up in yourself and what are they thinking and what are they saying and who am I and all caught up in that, you can't lead anyone else. So for me, that confidence piece is a, is sort of the foundation for all of my work. And then the next book I wrote was Great Lawyer to Great Leader. And uh, I wrote that around just being able to shift your mindset and your skill set from being a great technical professional yeah. and doing the doing 
to then the shift you need to take to be able to lead others. Um, and the next book, so I'm writing two books at the moment and I actually don't know what which one to release next, you know, but we'll see. We might be able to help you out. Yeah, a lot of people are writing a few books at one time and I, I, I write every week so I've got a lot of, I've got, I think, about 260 video blogs now. So Yes, I, we love your weekly blogs. Yeah, weekly there's a blogs. lot of content. So the first, the two books I want to write. So firstly, I want to write Thank God It's Monday. I love that. I love it. And that's around the mindset and finding work that is connected with your passion that you can have real presence when you turn up and to do, to do your work and that you can be playful. So there's that book. And then I've also got, um, I suppose, a, a leadership book that is for every industry and every leader um, that is called Take Off the Cape. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I have so, noticed that you've been wearing a few capes on stage lately. I am loving the cape. So that may be actually my next book um, because for me it's, I just love wearing the cape and the mask. <laughs> it's just fun. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and so that will be around to stop rescuing and stop feeling like you need to be the superhero and to then be the su- and instead be the super coach. Oh, I love that. Yeah, awesome. so that uh, uh, those are my next two books. So uh, one of them will be out this year. They both sound amazing. Uh, so tell us uh, where we can find you. So you can find me. So my website is very simply midja.com.au. And so just, M-I- just spell that out. Yeah, spell it out. Yeah, M-I-D-J-A. And most of my handles like Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Midja, it's pretty unusual. Uh, so you'll find me if you type Midja in. Um and yeah, and certainly for people that are interested in the confidence book uh, or in Great Lawyer to Great Leader, uh, for your listeners, certainly shoot me an email and I've got electronic copies of those books and I would be happy to provide a copy of those to the people listening. Awesome. So reach out and send me an email. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, Carolee. All right. Bye. Bye.